The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the Send Message button right below the banner. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected, so please let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Today's show is titled, The God Thing. Early in recovery, many of us find ourselves confronted with the God thing, even if we felt we had settled that question for ourselves long ago. But sobriety can bring with it a nagging feeling that maybe there's more to life than just flesh and circumstances. And today we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on finding a power greater than ourselves that can help us move from questioning to faith. We want to share with you today what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with a spiritual tool or principle that helped guide us through the tough times. We hope you'll find something in our experience that will be helpful to you in your own recovery. So today we're going to be talking about moving from questioning into faith through a power greater than ourselves. You know, when I ask uh, myself what so this questioning i totally get it but what was questioning like for me and i think back to my um early life i wasn't questioning anything i just didn't i didn't care care. no it was it wasn't even like i had answered the question i I didn't even care about the question it was a non it didn't exist for me you know this whole these people at church talking about god i just eventually felt like whatever you know it, it didn't make any sense to me it doesn't resonate. I'm not spending a lot of time thinking about it. I'm just going on my merry way, not worrying about it. So, um, you know, I suppose that it, in theological terms, I might have been defined as an atheist or an agnostic, but I honestly didn't care enough to even distinguish the, you know, to learn the difference yeah. between the two. What does it matter? You know, whatever. Whatever I am, whatever I am, I don't care what it's called. I don't want anything to do with God and church. 
<clears throat> yeah, totally. I was the same way. I had um, grown up going to Sunday school with my dad and stepmom and uh, had just not liked it and thought it was all rubbish and had pretty much, you know, left that all behind as soon as I was old enough to make my own choice. And so I was the same as you. I, it just wasn't a part of my life. It wasn't in my radar at all. But not only that, I was smug about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's oh, like, yeah. I had a good friend in college, God bless her, she was totally into the whole thing and, you know, born again and all of that. And I just thought it was so ridiculous. I thought I was like, I don't want to say better than that, but more intellectual than that, let's say, you know, and, and my friend was extremely bright and intellectual and I couldn't figure out how she could reconcile those two things. It just didn't seem to make any sense to me. So I had no need of it. It wasn't a part of my life. Um, yeah, it just wasn't. And, and the thing is about that is not having any kind of belief in God or a higher power in my life, I felt pretty alone. You know, I had that sense of sort of being alone in the world, <clears throat> me against the world. You know, I don't need anything. I don't need anybody. Um, and that was kind of lonely. You know, you don't, I didn't realize it until that changed for me. I wouldn't have said that I was lonely or anything, but it was also part of just being in my early 20s and sort of, you know, having that kind of bravado anyway, you know. But um, now looking back, I think, wow, what a lonely existence to not have any belief in something greater than myself. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I mean, I could just say back exactly what, what you said. I didn't, yeah. I wouldn't have identified it as such. I didn't know it at the time. You know how it is. It's just the way the world is, just the way life is. What do I know about yeah. any different way of being? But yeah, I mean, I had the same, you know, basic uh, perspective and I also knew people that it's like, they don't seem stupid, but, you know, they seem to be <laughs> buying this whole narrative. And I'm like, what? You know, this doesn't even make any sense. Why? What are you doing? Anyway, I clearly didn't get it. And that's fine. I don't, I didn't need to, right? It was their thing, not my thing. And, you know, come fast forward just for a second. Uh, I kind of get now that it's an experience it's not like a, um, you know, math problem, right? Where you go and uh, it's not like a proof that you do in geometry or whatever. You know, any anything in the realm of the spirit is about experiences. And so now I get that and I can understand where they were coming from at the time. But, you know, I had no frame of reference back then. It was just like, whatever, put it on the long list of things I don't care about in the world. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, everything, all kinds of things. Yeah, it's hard to believe that I ever once felt that way or lived that way, because once I got it, it became, you know, very central to my life and has been for many, many, many years. So it's hard to, it's hard to re even remember or understand what, you know, what that was like. But you know how they say there's no atheists in a foxhole? Yeah. I had a couple of experiences um where, you know, I was in a sort of foxhole situation and found myself praying and asking God to help me. And even that didn't have an effect on me. But I find it interesting looking back now that, you know, I thought I was above all of that. And um, 
And then one one was a premonition I had that I was going to be in a car accident, and I actually was in a car accident a few minutes after I had that premonition. But I was, I was praying, you know, I was asking God to help me, to save me, to keep me safe. And um, I guess that's where that that God, uh, what do you call it? Um, embedded theology as some folks would call it you know that came out i guess it was you know the theology that i had grown up with that sure when i found myself in that but i just think it's interesting that you know like i say i was i got sober in my early 20s so you know my my time of not having a higher power was when i was basically you know a young person and had that real bravado of not needing anyone or anything anyway and thinking i was going to live forever and thinking nothing could ever hurt me really (laughs) because i i was sort of like a cat with nine lives you know i'd had so many near misses and close calls and um somehow you know thought that it was my own uh credit that had you know that I had gotten myself through those things so but it is interesting that when push came to shove there I was praying to a god I supposedly didn't believe in so yeah I I had that same feeling or stance that I didn't need that you know whatever it is those religious people are on about I don't need that in my life and yeah there's some sense of pride in that like oh they need something that i don't need yeah because i'm somehow i don't know i wouldn't even say beyond above immune to the you know not required whatever um and that's all well and fine and i think the what you're describing about nine lives and all that that that's how everybody i think that's how everybody is you know yeah. when we're younger especially yeah. you just don't have the perspective don't um, have that frontal lobe developed yet right of of, uh, ministers of a certain age (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i I can identify with that i I also had early church experiences and so while my family's not particularly religious you know they were kind of sort of religious because we're part of a substantially not completely of course but substantially christian culture in the u.s at least uh for when you say somebody's religious you're pretty safe in assuming that means they're christian and it may not be there are other things going on but um so you know i went to church some as a kid sunday school and all that and you know i was like whatever it it made no sense to me i wasn't resonating personally with anyone there what they were saying made no sense why are we even talking about this didn't even make any sense you know let alone how on earth is this so important yeah when i can't even answer the question why are we even talking about this yeah and so you know i had some exposure to it over years i mean not just a, l- a little bit um although not consistently you know we'd go for a while and then not go and you know pretty much as soon as i didn't have to go as soon as i wasn't forced to go to church anymore i stopped going yes you know and i pretty yes. much was very happy to be done with church and um didn't set foot in a church as a you know an attendee congregant or whatever for almost 30 years i bet yeah. you yeah yeah i totally understand i mean i uh you know went to Sunday school pretty regularly as a child and 
it wasn't just that I didn't find anything to resonate with. It was that I found things that uh, I had a cognitive dissonance with. You know, I, I found things that just didn't jive, didn't seem right, didn't feel right, went against uh, the value. See, I was being raised between two households. My parents divorced when I was two and my mom had already left the church. So I spent, you know, 85, 90% of my time with my mom. And then when I was with my dad on his weekends, we would go to church. And um, so the things that I was hearing in church didn't jive with the values I was being taught in the house with my mom who had left the church. So it's interesting because my mom eventually found her way to Buddhism and is a, um, ordained Buddhist, Buddhist minister now, and I found my way back to, you know, progressive Christianity or whatever. So, yeah. um, so it wasn't, you know, it, what I want, what I'm trying to say is that it wasn't God that I had rejected. It was the things that I had heard of from the people that were talking about God that caused yeah. me to reject the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I didn't have an alternative. Now, had I been exposed to something like unity at a young age, um, I may have had a very different experience. So I was rejecting the hypocrisy and the um, the things that just intuitively didn't feel right to me. And I wasn't offered any sort of alternative. So I just dismissed the whole thing out of hand, you know? Yeah, I'm still with you. I feel like we've got parallel stories here. I could just record what you said and play it back yeah. in a lower voice. <laughs> and that would be my story. Except my mom's not a Buddhist minister. <laughs> Not not the particulars of it, but yeah, that idea that, you know, I'd be at church and be like, and then Jesus, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry. You know, Sorry, I, that's funny. because I wasn't given the option of, you know, they talked about it like this literally happened and people that watched it were taking notes and were just reading their notes. Now, I didn't know anything about the Bible and I know right. more than a little bit about it now. And that ain't how right. it worked. So I didn't have the the um, you know the the perspective that right. said that these people are sharing their experience right. of Jesus' presence and teachings, which is not the same thing as right. modern journalism. Like, oh, that I actually totally get. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with anything that that it says for the most part, um, in the Gospels now, because I understand these are, the, this, these are people sharing the meaning of a life. They're, they're not trying to, um, you know, document uh, facts and, um, you know, dates and times uh, as we're sort of used to doing now. They had a higher purpose, which was um, to express what all this meant, not what happened as much. That's not to say that uh, everything that's written in there didn't happen. I'm sure a lot of it did. They didn't just make it up, but right. they expressed it in a way that was meaningful at that time and place, which doesn't exactly translate one-to-one -to, -one to our time and place, you know, how that goes. So uh, let's shift gears here, right? We've talked for a long time about the challenge of questioning or we should retitle that concluding that's what i was hearing. <laughs> talking about you and i concluding yeah whatever yeah. There's, there's nothing to this you can keep it but let's move out of that phase and uh, begin to move into the solutions which is what what is the solution well in unity we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles and the spiritual <laughs> principle that we found helpful in moving out of that 
Yeah, not not questioning because questioning is good. We like questioning in unity. We were answering. We were ans we were concluding <laughs> negatively. Moving out of that, let's say doubt, maybe moving out of that doubt and disbelief into faith. And that principle is really our first unity principle, which is that there's one power and one presence, God the good. And in 12-step meetings, we typically call that the higher power. So what we're talking about is God as principle. Yeah, but as always, what is the, what is that? That's a nice idea. You know, that's what right. I think well about a lot of new things that I encounter, especially in the spiritual realm. Well, that's a nice idea, but what exactly does that look like in my life? Um, and the good news for us is that we each get to discover the answer to this question for ourselves. Yes. But the bad news is that we each have to discover the answer to this question for ourselves. Right. Right? It's a double-edged Sword. So, Michelle, what do you make of all that? Oh, my goodness. As you know, this is one of my favorite topics. It's kind of big. It's like where to even begin. Um, I just know that when I came into the program and I was told that I needed to have a higher power in order to do the steps, I said, I don't have one. And my sponsor said, you can borrow mine until you get your own. And that has turned out to be a lot more profound than I had any idea at the time, if you really stop and think about it. So what I did initially was I borrowed the God that I saw other people believing in because I had to start somewhere, right? And I saw that all these people kept talking about God and God was doing this and that and the other thing for them. And so I began to believe in that God. And I needed that as a starting point. Um, what I've realized over the years is that God is an extremely individual experience. And not only that, but we make God in our own image, right? Yeah. So that means that the God that we have created is at the level that we are spiritually. Yes. Does that make sense? So when I, in I early recovery... Yeah, in early recovery, I had a God that matched the level of spiritual development I had at that time. As I've grown spiritually, my God has grown along with it because I continue to make God in my image. Now, I try to get input from a lot of other sources and challenge myself and all of the, you know, spiritual endeavors, they they expand and push and challenge um you know, what I believe God to be, but I'm still making God in my own image. The difference is I've expanded so much that now my God has expanded along with it, if that makes sense. And so I just say that because wherever you are in this journey of discovering the higher, a higher power, um, God, if you prefer that, if you use that word, um, it's not static. It's evolutionary. It will change. It will grow. It will expand. It will become deeper and bigger and more profound and will also challenge you at times, you know, because um, this is not, you know, the faith walk, so to speak, is not, um, it's not black and white. It's not cut and dry. Uh, it's, do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's a, yeah. It's constantly challenging us to think bigger, to grow our consciousness, to raise our level of consciousness. And as we do that, our understanding of God expands and becomes a higher 
uh, understanding along with it. Yes, you know, my first note that I jotted down about this question, what does a power greater than ourselves mean to me, is that it's wide open, right? To, that's my answer, it's, it's wide open. I'm not looking for someone to tell me it's this. As much as I was open to possibilities, you know, that I gathered from hearing others share whatever their experience may have been, but I wasn't kind of adopting someone else's experience and saying, okay, that's now my definition. In a way, it reminds me of this um, approach to uh, divinity, if you will, about um, if I take everything so I can, you know, I might look at an, some other traditions, God concept and say, well, that's not God, right? I might think that. Well, what if I were just to sort of take away every piece of that, that I'm concluding is not God? If I take away everything that's not God, right, then that would leave only that which is or could be God. That's a fine approach. Um, and that's, that's kind of, in a way, what I moved to, you know, at first sort of rejecting out of hand, like, all right, whatever, you know, that's your thing. It's not my thing. I don't care. Um, when I got older and I like to think a little wiser and begin to, uh, began to sort of, I don't know what, just question like, you know, what is, what is, what's going on in my life? So I'm in my forties, right? What's going on in my life and what am I doing is really, I'm just trying to, you know, make more money or whatever, bigger house. Is that really what is going on? Is that what matters here? Um, you know, that's when I became more willing to entertain ideas about a higher power that I hadn't before. And it, it helped a lot that I had um, walked into a unity church. I walked into a unity church probably about five years before I got sober. And so, but even, even then, uh, it really resonated, this whole, you know, we've mentioned that phrase, God as principle, which just means that God's not capricious, right? God's not right. like waking up in a bad mood one day or right. God likes you, but God doesn't like me or, or yeah. whatever. You know, God is not, God is the same for everyone all the time, everywhere. That's what God as principle means. And when I heard that, I thought, now I this I want to hear more about yeah. because this actually might make sense. Yeah. Right. The other one's definitely God to me. Classical theism is a God made in a human image, just screamingly obvious yeah. to me. I'm not, um, you know, somebody else that might work fine for them, but it didn't work for me at all. So great power greater than ourselves, wide open. And that's what I liked about unity. It was in a mm -hmm. sense, they weren't telling me, they were telling me that I can find out. Yeah. So the fact that the God concept in the 12 step recovery program is wide open is both the good news and the bad news, right? It's the good news because right. that's awesome. But the bad news is mean, not, it's not bad news, but the challenge is that then we have to discover God for ourselves. If we really want to be on a spiritual path, you know, um, we can start out believing what others believe, but we've got to engage that process so that it starts to become our own belief. That's why I love the way our steps are worded when it says came to believe, um, because we keep coming to believe, you know, we keep that belief, that faith, that understanding of God. It's not a one and done, you know, it's constantly changing and growing and expanding. Um, so it's, that's the challenge, you know, 
And um, again, if you're new to this, what I would suggest is just start somewhere, you know, just start with the highest concept of God that you can muster in your consciousness right now. Start with that God. And of course, in our 12 steps, you know, we have to engage God right away. I mean, boom, step three, we're turning our will and our life over to the care of this thing that we have just found. That's big. And that'll expand your God concept right there. If you got to turn your whole will and your life over to this thing, it better be benevolent. It better love me. It better be good, you know, or I'm not doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I remember that that third step was extremely powerful for me. I had a spiritual awakening basically the moment I took that third step because I had talked in the first segment about feeling very alone and, and not realizing that I was going alone, going it alone in life. Um, once I took that third step that I was turning everything in my life over to this higher power, suddenly I wasn't alone anymore. I had this power on board with me and it felt so good, Dan. I started third step in everything, <laughs> everything. You know, and life gave me plenty of opportunities. You know, I'm in this relationship that's a big mess. You know, how can I, okay, God, take this thing, take it, you know, let it be your will. Let it, you know, I just started turning everything over my relationship, my finances, my job, my family, my apartment, my checkbook, everything, you know, and it felt so darn good. Because I had been holding so tight to everything and trying so hard to control everything and make everything in my life come out the way it needed to, that that act of turning things over was such a big relief to me. Yeah. And my understanding of what that means has evolved, but it's still powerful to me today. If there's something that I'm really struggling with, the, the most profound thing I can do is release it to the higher power. And that changed my life, totally changed my life. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, we, our first unity principle talks about a power and a presence, right, that we call God. And um, I really like that phrase. It still works for me. I, I feel like I get it, and it matches my experience. Because a power and a presence, I could think of it as like an energy and an experience, right? So a, a power, the word power, there's something about... Um, energy beyond just my thinking mind, you know, it's yeah. deeper than my own personal ability. And then a presence is that's an experience, right? And that's why I liked about unity is that to me, a higher power is more of an experience than a definition, right? And it's something that can, um, you know, I believe can bring out the best in me and in all people, you know, whatever that might be like. Yes. So hold that thought because it is time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. So we hope that you'll please stay with us. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back, and we are glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett, and I'm here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. We will resume our discussion in just a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind. Yes, please do. So prior to the break, we were discussing, uh, we called it questioning, but we decided it was more like doubting or disbelief. And then we talked about faith and what that means to us. So now let's talk about how this principle of a power greater than ourselves, how that helped us to move into a life of faith. So I'm going to share a quote from the big book. Because this, for me, really says it all. You know, the, the big book is remarkable in many ways. And for me, one way that it's remarkable is it so clearly articulates some things that I keep, you know, I find that they stick in my head, the particular mm-hmm. way that something is, is shared. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I know it was written and edited and all that. But, man, there's some clarity in there yeah. uh, on different stuff. But here, like I said, this is on page 55. And it reads, deep within every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. And then a little later, it is only there that he may be found. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel about it. It's deep within me. It can be discovered within me, like the Eric Butterworth wonderful book, Discover the Power Within You. It can be discovered within me, and it it is a higher power. It's not of my thinking mind, you know, my Mm-mm. small m mind, the the my my created sense of self, or we sometimes, you know, we'll call that our ego, but that word gets I think overused, so I try to avoid yeah. it. But what that means to me is the you know who I think I am, the self right. that my mind has created over time uh, to navigate this world, and and certainly that's uh, important and it matters a lot. Um, but there's something much deeper and larger than that that has nothing to do with that. Right. And that's what that discover the power within you. That is that power and presence within me. And here and here we've got Bill writing deep within each person's the fundamental idea of God. You know, it's not somebody else's conclusion about what that expression looks like. It's the idea of yes. God. And it is only there that we may find this thing that I choose to use the word God to point at. Yes, absolutely. Well, that kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, that I think that God is such an individual experience, you know. Um, And I love that. It's sort of saying that there's like this blueprint for God within each of us. And I guess another way to look at that is that God is what we really are at our core. You know, in unity, we say that we are all expressions of God, that we're all expressions of the divine. So um, that kind of explains that in a different way, that it it is at the core of every man, woman, and child, and, and every uh, animal and plant and tree and everything else as well, because it's... Um, that's what we're all made of. You know, we are all expressions of that one power and one presence. And that is a big concept to try to grasp when you're new at this. <laughs> it is. So take it easy, take it slow. 
you know, um, we talked about God being experiential. And so, you know, it's not enough for us to just talk about what we think God is or read about what other people think God is. We've got to have an experience of God that changes us at depth, right? That's what keeps us sober yeah. is that experience of God. Um, we need to have a spiritual uh, awakening um, in order for our lives to really be transformed. And so it's interesting because you don't really want to be like, oh, I'm going to go out and try and have this awakening. Like you can't really try to want to try to have it. You know, you don't want to be chasing it down, but you have to sort of put the circumstances in place that can allow it to happen. Right. So how do we do that? How do we put the circumstances in place that can allow us to have this spiritual awakening? Well, 12 step meetings are a really good place to have a spiritual mm -hmm. awakening. Um, you know, a unity church service is a good place to have one. You may hear something that just really resonates with you or you may feel some sort of presence when you're in the service or the music may transport you into an experience of transcendence. Um, another place that I feel is prime for having these experiences of God is in nature. And that's always my go-to. Uh, if I want to understand better what God is, I get out into, my preference is always the woods, but it could be, you know, a lake, a river, uh, the ocean, whatever. Um, it's just, it's, it's, um, and it's not that God is only there because, you know, our unity first principle says that God is everywhere. So God yeah. is just as much present in an asphalt jungle as God is present in nature. But I somehow can have a better experience of God when I'm removed from all of the, the human trappings. You know, you talked about ego. And so um, our ego, our human selves is what has created all of this stuff. And so when I get out there where humans haven't had quite as much of a influence on things you know in nature that's where i can sort of get out of my human self a lot more um, and i love to just observe nature and observe the perfect intricacy of how every little thing is working together and that you know if i'm feeling like a lot of doubt or you know that type of thing if i just go and sit and observe a bee buzzing around, you know, collecting nectar from each flower. I mean, this sounds really woo-woo, but it's true because it's like that's something that's happening and it's happening without my intervention, you know? Like Michelle has nothing to do with what's going on. We have a little place that we call the Frog Pond that's very close to our house that we like to go to, and it's like right off of the highway, but you're transported into this totally different universe. And there's numerous, numerous ecosystems that come together in that place. It's just stunning. But that helps me get out of my human ego self and open up to something bigger. And that's the key. Totally. I, I know people that w will just straight up and say, the woods is my church. Yeah. And I'm like, that's perfect, and that's good. Then go there as often yeah. as you can, as often as you want. Yes. And I, I'm with you on that. Sir, the, the, you know, there is nowhere God is not, but it's for me, it's easier to uh, find my way to that yes. presence within me uh, in the woods more so than, you know, in, a, in downtown in a city. Yeah. Even though it's not God's presence that varies, it's my ability to open the door and make the connection that varies. You know, and that's fine. 
You know, I'm reminded of another uh, quote from the big book that says, uh, what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And I love that because it reminds me, uh, like you've said a couple times, uh, God is anything to do with God's spirituality, higher power. It's never a one and done thing. Sobriety is not a one and done thing. Sobriety is um, something that grows and evolves, and it's an experience over time, just like for me, uh, God is. And that saying that we have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition reminds me, I need to show up for this on an ongoing basis. This is something that, um, it's a way that I live. It's not something that I did. Exactly. You know, it's not like, you know, if you take a trip somewhere and it's beautiful and amazing, you take a bunch of pictures, then you come home. It's not like that at all. Right. It, it's like uh, a, a place that I revisit, purposely uh, revisit um, over and over again, because that's, it's like the, in a way, I mean, I get the whole light analogies with God. Like I saw the light, you know, I've seen the light. I really get that because it does feel like a light has come on or something in my awareness. And so it's sort of that, that light that, that guides me, if you will. I have a friend that describes it as the sparkly path. You know, if I can just take a breath and calm down long enough, I can discern is the word I like. I can discern the sparkly path. It's always somewhat, it starts where I am and it yeah. goes in some direction. And all I need to do is discern and follow the sparkly path. And so light again is central to that image of a sparkly path. Now I can ignore it. It's easy to ignore. I can get all wrapped up in other things and too busy and worrying and not taking time apart, not taking time in prayer, not taking time to notice my breath or or to notice what my inner experience is right to me that's the doorway to the experience of the divine is just literally like let me stop being in my head all the time and let me get into my body or as we like to say in recovery i need to keep my head where my feet are which is right here and right now in this experience and i won't uh, launch into it hence the power of prayer as we understand prayer to be in our unity movement. Yes, absolutely. I love that you talked about that, um, that uh, our, our level, our reprieve from our addiction is dependent on our, our maintenance of our spiritual, um, our spiritual selves, our spiritual Condition, condition. Yes. Um, So, so what that's telling us is this stuff is not optional, you know, it's not like we can, you know, people talk about sometimes the spiritual part of recovery, and it's like there is no spiritual part, it's all spiritual, it is a spiritual program. Um, You can't separate out the spiritual part of it from the rest of it it's impossible yeah. but spiritual doesn't mean god necessarily whatever that concept might be to you it doesn't mean religion it doesn't mean doctrine or dogma or anything it just means that this is about our spirit this is about right. something greater than our human selves so mm-hmm. we've got to be ongoingly engaged in this process in order for us to maintain our sobriety and continue to have that reprieve um, one day at a time 
And so I was talking about, you know, if we want to have a spiritual experience, we've got to set the circumstances, set the stage for that to happen. Um, and I talked about being in nature and things like that. Also, you started to talk about prayer and meditation. This is also not optional, you know. Now, the good thing is that can look like a lot, a lot of different things. But we've got to have what we call in the program that conscious contact with the higher power. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Now, in spiritual, you know, circles, they talk, we talk a lot about silence, being in the silence, and um, that that's where God exists is in the silence. Silence can be frightening to someone new in recovery, you know, because we haven't mastered our own minds yet enough to where being in the silence is comfortable. Being in the silence can be very frightening when, you know, it suddenly means that my brain has free reign to just bounce around and do anything it wants because there's nothing to distract it. That can be very frightening. So, um, you know, if this is all new to you, then don't be discouraged if sitting in the silence is uncomfortable. It took me years and years yeah. of practice before I sat in silence. You know, I've used a lot of guided meditations. Um, I found music that I could use that was very transporting to me. Um, you know, different types of things. We find what works for us and what works for us changes over time. Um, but it doesn't, ha you know, it doesn't have to be total silence. That that can be quite challenging when this stuff is new to you. So it's really just having that intention, the intention to connect with God. And the thing is, is, you know, not to over personify God, but this this power and presence that we call God for short, um, it wants to connect with us. You know, it wants to make that conscious contact. So once we open ourselves up to that, it comes rushing in, you know. Now, that might yeah. look really different to different people, and it might look different on different days. Don't be discouraged if it's not, uh, if it's quiet rather than big and boisterous. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like if we're expecting some, you know, I don't know, big, blah some big thing to happen and it doesn't happen we can think oh i'm doing it wrong or oh god's not you know connecting with me um it can be very subtle and uh very quiet and uh it's deep just you know i would just say just remain open and i have to do this all the time every time i sit down to make conscious contact i have to be open to what that's going to look like today God may show up as a voice. God may show up as a feeling. God may show up as a sensation of some sort. God may not feel like God is showing up as anything, and that may be the way God is showing up today. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So we I have would to say I would open. go further and say that for me, I I had to kind of let go of all expectations and just. Yes. I mean, you know, we say I've got to do the footwork, so I, I just need to put one foot in front of the other. If I'm not sure what to do. I do whatever my program step work is in that moment. Just show up at a meeting, call my yes. sponsor, you know, what, whatever it is that I have committed myself to doing on this uh, sobriety path, that's all I need to do. And the rest, that's like, like you use the phrase that I really liked, um, you know, setting the conditions, if you yeah. will, creating the conditions within which this becomes possible, but 
um, like as as we know, you I, I can't chase it, right? I right. can't will it right. to show up. All I can do is create conditions. And it, it reminds me of that saying that, you know, that which I seek is seeking me. That's right. Because that's what it feels like. That's my experience. That's a good description of my experience of God. That which I am seeking is seeking me because I sit uh, in, in, you know, just be still, whatever. I won't get into what that might be, but just, you know, do my best to be in the stillness and not worry whatever's going on in my mind, maybe focus on my breath or something. And, and that's how I create the conditions and without expectation, you know, and then just move on with my day. And I would say if, if someone, if you're listening to this and struggling with this, uh, don't worry about it. I mean, let, let go of any need for any kind of achievement or expectation. There's nothing to be achieved in all this, believe it or not. Yeah. And if what works best for you is to just simply uh, take a breath, one breath, and notice what that feels like to take that breath. Notice what yeah. it feels like to inhale and notice then what it feels like to exhale. So like put your mind's eye, if you will, on that inner experience. That's it. Then you're done. Yeah. You, yep. that, that's all you got to do. And yeah. just whenever it occurs to you, just do that. We'll call that like a single breath, air quotes, prayer, right? That just a, a conscious breath that's been called. That's all you got to do. And when do you yep. do it? Whenever it occurs to you. You don't need to do it at any particular time or place. Whenever the thought comes in your head, oh, yeah, right. I can do that thing where I take one breath and pay attention to it. Then just do it and you're all set. That's really all you need to do. Everything else will fall into place, believe it or not. Yes, absolutely. As we like to say, keep it simple, you know, because uh, addicts typically like to make things much more complicated than they are. I know I, know I, I certainly do. do. <laughs> I more certainly fun do. is the answer. Isn't that what we're really trying to do here? Make yeah. it fun and engaging and, and, oh, wait, anxiety provoking. And <laughs> Yes, Sorry. dramatic because to me, dramatic equals fun, right? <laughs> right. So we can sometimes think that we're not having a spiritual experience because it's not dramatic. You know, it's like, well, this can't be it. Right. <laughs> what is this? Is this... this is too pedestrian and I am yeah. special. I mean, yeah. is that not been clear? Yes, yeah, come exactly. On. Right. That's that ego, you know, expecting some big thing when God can be much more subtle than that. I love how you talked about just stopping and taking a breath because it's anything that stops that autopilot, you know, anything that takes us out of our, uh, well, Tara Brock, one of the Buddhist uh, teachers that I like to listen to a lot, she says anything that takes us out of the trance, you know, and you can sort yeah. of see us as humans going through life like zombies with our arms out, you know, like like in this trance. And it's like, wake up, you know, it's like anything that wakes us up out of that trance becomes a spiritual moment of awakening. And it can be as simple as taking a breath, you know. Once we sort of commit to being on the spiritual path and, um, you know, like there was a conscious moment in my life when I basically, well, it was the third step, really, when I said, okay, you know, okay, <laughs> whatever that means, okay, okay, I am willing. Um, if we don't necessarily seek out those spiritual experiences, don't worry because life will give them to us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to go find them. They will show up. 
Well, and it won't, you know, my experience is that, um, and maybe this is just me because I am dramatic, but I had to have some pretty tough experiences. You know, I still continue to have them, but boy, early sobriety was not easy for me. I had some yeah. really tough times, but I also know that that was, that was God seeking me because this nut is tough to crack. And, you know, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to uh, open up to, you know, the, the support and help and guidance of a higher power unless I really needed it, you know? And so yeah. that's just the way it worked for me is that life had to bring me to my knees. And I mean, literally to my knees many, many times. Um, but those that for me, those were the circumstances for me to have those God experiences because when I was so broken down and just could not figure out what to even do the next minute, that was when I became willing to yeah, have an experience. That's a great word. But yes, that become willing. And I've had yeah. I, not the same, but the same kind of very difficult, you know, just I give up yes. sort of moments. And I know I'm I'm remembering that, you know, in our sort of what we're talking about, how did a power greater than myself help me move from questioning to faith? Uh, it helped me to know and experience things like it's not about me. You yeah. know, everything is not all about me. What a relief. And I'm OK, regardless of what is happening around right. me. What a concept. I never felt that way before. And I'm also not responsible for other people's experiences in the world. I mean, yeah. there's so much freedom just in that and that I can take chances and still be OK. These are like some practical ways that, um, you know, ha me having a, a God concept or the concept of a higher power has helped me uh, move into a, a way of living that I would call by faith. Yes. Well, we have said a whole lot about this topic, and I think it's safe to say that it's, it is our favorite topic. Yes. Is it not? Yes, it is. Uh, but let's step way back if we can and see if we can find a concise way to sum all this up. So uh, we'd like to approach this in the form of a question. So Reverend Michelle, if someone came to you and said something like, how can I find a higher power that works for me? Because this all seems so confusing sometimes. What might you respond if you had just like a minute? Well, if I had just a minute... <laughs> I would say just start where you are. Where you are right now is exactly fine. It's the right and perfect place for you to encounter God. Just start where you are. You know, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be anything. You know, let go of the expectations of what it needs to look like or feel like or be like and just start where you are. You know, if you're at work sitting at the desk, just close your eyes for a few moments and just say, you know, like you said, take some deep breaths and and just say to yourself, I open to the experience of God, whatever that is. You know, I open to the higher power and um, that's enough. You know, that can just be enough. It's that surrender and that opening and that willingness. Yeah, I concur. I mean, stay open. If I had to say it in just the shortest possible way, just stay open to all possibilities. Take some time apart. I love that phrase. My minister used to use that. Take some time apart or come mm -hmm. apart for a come while. Apart. This means, yeah. you know, separate from the normal busyness of life, even if it's just a single breath. 
that I pay attention to. Other more, you know, practical things like listen to what others are saying, especially yeah. in, in the in the recovery community. That doesn't mean that you're going to adopt like copy and paste their particular views, but just notice what they are. Notice what inspires you in the world. Notice what inspires you coming from other people. And you may find it helpful if you're, you know, if you want to, to read some spiritual books, you know, or listen to spiritual talks. You mentioned Tara Brock. There's so many people that we can listen to or read mm -hmm. that will kind of jog our minds yes. uh, to maybe being open in a different way. So just take it easy. Don't worry about it and stay open. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have an affirmation for you today, as always. And our affirmation today is this. Through time spent in daily prayer and meditation, my faith in a higher power grows. I think that sums it up well. Through time spent in daily prayer and meditation, my faith in a higher power just grows. Yes. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery, and we're very grateful that you have. We, Our sincerest hope is that you've found something in all of our nattering that will be genuinely helpful to you in your own recovery. That's why we do this. Thank you, Reverend Michelle, as always, for our discussion, and thank you to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Uh, we, however you're finding this, we bless you wherever you are on your own recovery journey. Yes, and listeners, please, you can connect with us throughout the week on our Facebook page. Drop us your comments and thoughts and feedback on Spirit of Recovery on our Facebook page. And we invite you to join us again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. And until then, don't drink like my co-host. And whatever you do, don't drink like my co-host. No, no. Instead, have a wonder-filled week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.